Welcome to Driftless Drinks. My name's Mark. My name's John. And today, today, Sunday, 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 Nitro! Nitro, Nitro! We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. Let's get after it. (laughs) Is it Sunday? So today on Driftless Drinks, we are diving into a couple of nitro beers. Uh, This was an idea that came back from the October show, the Halloween episode, where we were comparing and contrasting a regular beer with its nitro version. And so this idea was born, especially because, Mark, you said you're not really into nitros. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm sort of a nitro dummy, so I'm going to have a whole bunch of questions for you as we're going through this. So I, I'm, I'm learning, all right? So I, please be patient with me. <laughs> no problem at all, man. Uh, so the first, first one we've got on the docket here is uh, Boddington's Pub Ale. Uh, the, the thing about this beer, it's been around since uh, the early 70s. It's not an ancient kind of, you know... It's not an old-fashioned the kind 1970s of British beer. or the 1770s. Not 1970s. Oh, okay. so the yeah, it's um, I think it was first done in uh, pulling up Wikipedia somewhere. Anyway, it's like 1971, 1972 is when this one came about. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, it, it started off with uh, Boddington's Bitters, um, and Boddington's was owned by uh, a company in England uh, called Strange Brew. <laughs> That was um, like the movie with the McKenzie brothers. Oh, you know what? I let me if I let, let me back that one up. It was made by a company called Strange Ways Brewery. Okay, um, and that that brewery was around since 1778. Um, and then there was some changing of hands, and eventually this beer ended up in the hands of InBev. Mm. And uh, there's a history that I don't want to go into because it's slightly depressing, but. This is a this pub ale that we have is the higher octane, higher ABV version of their bitters that was really popular. And long ago, I had the bitters on tap, and it's delicious. And the thing about a nitro beer is that there's carbon dioxide in in the the beer itself, just like you know any beer. Mm-hmm. But then there's also nitrogen that's used in the process, and that's one of the reasons that that Guinness is really smooth. But there's a problem when you go to can that kind of beer. You know, if you're pulling it on tap, you just run nitrogen lines instead of uh, CO2 lines. I think it's actually a combination line. It's not like pure nitrogen they're running. So they they run a they run a line that includes nitrogen into the beer, and so it makes it very smooth. You get these nice smooth uh, bubbles. Well, that doesn't work with a canned beer like this. And if you pick up the can, you can kind of hear that rattling. Yeah. So when they can it, it's like they a, have a little. Pl- Go ahead. I was gonna say it's like a can of spray paint in there. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like I w- wouldn't shake it like one. Okay, good to know. Thank you. That yeah. <laughs> so it's a. Uh, uh, you knew that. So there's a um, small plastic uh, uh, ball that's in there, and w- during the canning is there, process, is there Pokemon in it? No, there's no Pokemon in. Oh, it. All right. But what they do is they, they do have a little hole in it, and during the process, they add nitrogen to it. What happens is that when you open one of these cans, it will uh, that change in pressure actually forces the beer that's inside that little ball with the nitrogen back into 
the the rest of the beer in the can and that releases the co2 and the nitrogen and that's still sitting in there hmm. and so that's why you get that that crack open so it's just that change in pressure so that's why if you crack if you rip one of these open the the can of boddington's is the same way as a um as a uh, guinness a can of draft guinness you open that up and you'll see a little ball in there and that's exactly what that that's doing gotcha um, so there is i did notice um I had a nitro from Breckenridge not too long ago, and if you rip that can open, they don't have a ball in there. They just have a little they have a little thing that's adhered to the bottom of the can. Hmm. That I'm sure that's where the nitrogen is, and so that they have a slightly different production process. And it'd be really interesting to find out exactly how they're doing it. Um, it was a very good, smooth beer. Interesting. So, so the the pub ale here is a. Uh, higher ABV beer than their bitters um, and is fairly smooth. Um, so there's not a lot of history that goes on with, with this beer. Like there is, you know, the, um, when we get into some of the other ones, uh, it'll, it'll feel more natural. Like, you know, it's a, it's a beer that's been cared for, but this has fallen into the hands of InBev um, still made in England at, a, at, I think it's a, the same brewery. That's over there. Um, there's not a lot on the can as far as what the ABV is on this thing. Um, my understanding is that it's really only about four and a half percent, four point six is what okay. I've seen some places. Um, and nobody has an IBU on it. Wow. So it, yeah, it's it's not one of those near and dear products to Embev. So All right. So it's like and, here. Uh, there's probably beer inside. <laughs> There's beer in here, yeah. Shall we pour this thing? Yeah, so, okay, um, I was just going to go around the can here and read real quick. It says on the can, oh, it's, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. it's like, it looks sort of like a wasp, and there's a couple of bees on it, like honeybees around a beer barrel. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't, maybe there's some sort of significance there. I don't know. It says smooth and creamy at the bottom if they're implying that it's honey-like smooth or... What the what the deal is there, but and it says on the top, imported from Britain, brewed by AB InBev UK Limited, product of Britain, imported by Import Brands Alliance St. Louis, Missouri, best enjoyed best when enjoyed responsibly. Okay, well we can do that. Yeah, most things are. And then on the back it says Boddington's Pub Ale since 1778 when it was first brewed at the Strange Ways Brewery in Manchester. Boddington's has been renowned as a unique pale gold ale. In English pubs, Boddington's is served using the traditional hand-pulled method, which mixes air with the ale as it pours, producing a distinctive creamy head and smooth body with little gassiness. Ordinarily packaged, ale cannot match this quality, but the new draft flow system does. Oh, here we go. And the marketing <laughs> folks are on this. It took them a little while to jump in, but now they're very present. By realizing millions of tiny bubbles when open, draft flow cans give the creamy head an authentic fresh taste of Boddington's Pub Ale. The draft flow system employs a small recyclable device which floats in the ale. And then for best results, serve cool but not ice cold at 41 degrees Fahrenheit. That's pretty close to ice cold. Carefully open can. Yeah. <laughs> Pour contents into glass. Wait and watch the head settle on a perfect glass of Boddington's Pub Ale. Okay, so they're just telling me I can just crack this thing open and pour it. But yeah, since I'm such a rookie at nitros, I always thought there was some sort of like 
crazy ritual you got to do to put one of these things into a regular glass. So, John, I'm going to turn this back over to you since I am kind of a nitro sure. uh, noob. And uh, you you tell me what the process is for pouring out a nitro here. And I'm just going to sit and listen and learn something. <laughs> Okay, so the first thing you have to know is that unlike pouring a draft Guinness, there isn't like um, there isn't something that everybody's going to agree on for a ritual. Okay, uh, the best ways that I've seen this done is in a bar when they do, they'll use a star washer, and that's that thing that you, they'll the bartender will turn a glass upside down and push down, and the water shoots up inside the glass. Yep, um, that's doing two things. That's one that's taken away. Um, any of the residue um, soap from when they were washing it, which is really nice. And then the other thing it does is it leaves a coating on the inside of the glass. Now, a lot of beers pour better that way. Nitro is one of them. So the the thing that I like to do is take my glass, put a little water from the sink into it, swish it around, and then dump it out before I actually pour a beer. Oh, okay. Uh, so hang I'm on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to Go follow along with you here then because I actually have like uh, – a big glass of water down here. So I'm going to dump a little bit into my glass and you can continue uh, talking yep. and I'm, I'm just going to experiment here with this whole process. Yeah. I'm going to do the same thing here. So Get a little water in here. Yeah. So I'm just swirling it around the glass, the water around the glass a little bit just to kind of get some water in there. And then as I dump it, twist the glass. All right. And that's all you got to do. You don't have to be huh. too crazy with okay. this. All right. Clunk. All right. And then the one thing that you do want to do with, with uh, nitro in a can, especially there's some nitro bottles out there, and it's kind of the same principle, but it's a little harder to do. You want to open it quickly. So the you want to have that pressure differential happen right away. Okay. So you don't have to pour it quickly. You do want to open it quickly. Okay, so you, and want, then to, when you, you want to give it like a good hard snap there, huh? Yep, yep, give it a good snap. All and right. then And then go ahead and pour it. And the thing is about these nitrous is you can actually be a little more aggressive because what you're actually trying to do is get some of that, that CO2 and nitrogen that's in that beer. And there's not a lot of nitrogen left, but whatever's in there, you want that to release. So I'm going to go ahead. And so go ahead and crack it good and hard. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Three, you count it. Two, one, go. There you go. Ooh, Holy crap. Should, yep. And then you got to pour it right away. They don't play around. That was exciting. Yeah. I'm, and then I'm no, wearing no. some. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> this is what nitro dummies do. And I made I made the uh, the professional move of doing that right over my keyboard. Yeah, I so. did as well. Luckily, it was pushed in most of the way, so I only got like the zero and part of the enter or the. Uh, let me see what's on the bottom of my keyboard. Yeah, zero, delete, so the dot and the uh, enter key there. <laughs> On the bottom right of my keyboard, but I did the same thing. Yeah, I should have warned you. Um, that was so actually, actually that made for really good radio, really good podcasting, John. Where you go? There you go. So now, take what a I've picture got... of the mess you left me, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead, know, keep talking. I, I'm taking pictures. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Um, <laughs> So one of the things I did is um, I only filled it up. I've got a British pint glass here, so it's got the little bump in it, uh-huh. and and um, I stopped it and let it catch up um, with still about a maybe about a fourth a quarter of the can left. So then I'm going to finish it off at the top here. 
Okay. And then, so I don't know, did you get all yours poured in? I did. As soon as it started to erupt, I just uh, threw down and uh, dumped it all in. Okay, so now that you're all cleaned up, do, do, <laughs> is your beer like mine where you still have a, a fairly decent head on it? Oh, yeah, there's a solid three-quarter inch head on top of it yet. So, like, yeah, and uh, then, we hit the pause button here for the last, I don't know, five, six minutes so I could, you know, start not smelling like beer. <laughs> and, uh, which is fine. It's just, yeah, I was really surprised being a nitro noob, like, uh, how quick <laughs> that whole thing reacted. God. I went to a, I went to a bar, um, I'm not going to say which bar it was or where it was because I've been back since and, and they're, they're good people. But I ordered and it was an Irish bar. And, and you know, the Irish themed bar, not a bar in Ireland, an Irish themed bar. And I ordered a Guinness. They didn't have it on tap. They had it in the cans. The guy pulls out a glass, sets it on the counter, and it was a chilled glass like it had been in the freezer. Okay. So I think that's a mistake to begin with. Yeah. Uh, for, for, for this kind of beer, at least. And then he cracks open the can and immediately turns it upside down and shoves it into the glass. And then lets that thing. So, of course, it only goes to the about, you know, where the, where the mouth of the glass is, but it's on the, you know, the mouth of the can. And then as he, and then he backed it out slowly. Well, he didn't wash the can before he did that. And there isn't nearly enough alcohol in beer to be any kind of a disinfectant. Nope. So it was great uh, place for bacteria to play. <laughs> yeah, I was I was looking at that going on the one hand I have a Guinness, on the other hand, I don't know what's in there. You've got a bunch of hands in your Guinness. Yeah. Well, you know, in life life is short, so I drank it. All right. So you've got a decent head on it. So how's your color? Uh It's like a it's honestly, it looks, and this is no slight to Boddington's, but it looks a lot like a shade darker than a Miller High Life. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's very, it's uh, like a straw to light honey color. And, and it's interesting because I can see the bubbles on the other side of the glass just as easily as I can see the bubbles in the front of it. So it's it is just crystal clear that way. Yeah, absolutely. I would echo that as well. It's um very um transparent. Mm-hmm. With a slight shade of yellow. Yeah, I can almost read untapped through it. <laughs> just a little the glass is flat. Alright. Do you want to stick a nose in it? Yeah, let's do that. You know, I actually get just a little honey off of it, but mm-hmm. it reminds me, okay, so this is going back a ways, but it reminds me very similarly of Michelob's Honey Lager from back in the day when they were doing their micro series in the mid to late 90s. Sure. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, the first thing that hits me is kind of a, is kind of a real light wheat. And then followed with a little honey immediately after that. Yeah. I could see that. I don't know why. I'm just I'm stuck on the the honey lager comparison. 
Sure. Well, there is there is a there's a note that's going through that whole thing that has that same uh, that it's almost honeycomb is it is the smell that I come that yeah it comes up with for me you know where it's almost got like a waxy quality to the smell. Gotcha. And I get that out of of a lot of honey loggers have that. Okay. I don't know what's called what that's caused by. But. I don't know. Maybe it was aged down honeycombs. <laughs> do, we, do we want to go back to the aged on honeycombs thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be a recurring theme when it, <laughs> if it keeps coming up. Well, shall we go for a taste? Yeah, I, I, I would just add that, you know, after sticking a nose in oh. it, there's still a good half inch ahead on this thing. I mean, it looks mm-hmm. it looks like a pillowy marshmallow fluff on top. Yeah, a lot of nitros will do that, and that's one of the things I like about them because I I do like just a little bit of head on on a beer. When it goes completely away, then uh, it it has to be super rich. You know, a lot of the heavy beers that we try do that. You know, the head shows up and then it's just yeah. gone, and that's okay for those because they're they have that quasi whiskey kind of uh, feel to them. Yeah, they're really viscous on the edge of the glass as you drink them. There's like that oiliness Mm -hmm. that kind of sticks to the the edge sometimes. Yeah, and with with some of these beers, you know, like I I wouldn't want that to happen with, with, you know, certainly a nitro beer or or some of the the lighter stuff. It's like, no, I want a little bit of head on it. So that's one of the reasons I like the nitros. Gotcha. All right. Should we uh, partake in the Boddington's Honey Bee Ale here? Yeah, let's, let's go for it. Oh. Mine's a little warmer than I think I want it most of the time. Yeah, I, this could benefit from being a little cooler to start with. Mm-hmm. I guess that's why they say 41 degrees, but not ice cold. Right. And, and that's on us because we were, you know, it right. takes us a while to pull this kind of thing off. So, You know what? I get a little bit of that. It's more a mouthfeel thing than it is a honey taste. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm getting like light fruit notes in there too. Yeah, that's, th- I was, I was going to mention that too. There's like a, like a fresh apricot in there somewhere. Yes. Um, n- that's not exactly the, what I was going to say was apricot. It tastes like just a hint. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of um, with with this particular beer. There's not a lot of um, hoppy notes. You know, you don't get a nope. lot of hops out of this. And you know, some people who don't like that bitterness. There's maybe a little bit of an astringency on the finish, but really, uh, it, forward, it's very very smooth. Anyway, so, uh, should we wrap yeah, this so, guy up? Yeah. So have we said. Uh, Pretty much all there is to say about Boddington. Yeah, which, you know, in fairness, isn't a whole lot, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. It's just a good beer to drink, I think. Number one, if you want to get into nitros, I learned how to pour a nitro. I just learned how to not pour a nitro, too. Learned how to wear a nitro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Without making a mess. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting because... Uh, does have the nitro ball in it and i really truly am learning about this stuff and uh 
interestingly smooth and those kind of uh, small like uh, pair notes or whatever almost make it Kolsch interesting. But uh, other than that, it's it's a pretty simple beer. And John, like you had said, this is a great one to drink when you don't want to think about it and you want something that's crazy smooth on your palate. Mm-hmm. I, you know that comparing this to a Kolsch is a, uh, is a really boy. I I didn't make the connection, but you're exactly right. And yeah, smooth, light. If uh, everybody else in the room is drinking Guinness and you're not into that kind of a that kind of a porter. This is a good alternative, I think. Yeah, it's light and smooth. I mean, not much else to say about it, really. It was good. It was fun learning how to pour a nitro. Hopefully, I won't do this again in the second half of the show. <laughs> nah, you're, you're, you know, once bitten and twice shy, so. All right, cool. Thanks, Mark Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, th- thanks for trying the Boddington's, uh, with me, man. I, I've, I've been wanting to get one of these in front of you for a while, so just to kind of get your opinion. And, and I, I think your insight is is right on target. Yes, very profound out of the mouth of me. I'm <laughs> sure you're smarter for having listened to this. <laughs> of, 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 of course they are. <laughs> oh, man. By the way, that's sarcasm. Heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. Thank you, sir. Well, thanks, John. Appreciate it. Welcome back to Driftless Drinks on our Nitro episode. And, John, you've brought another Nitro (laughs) to the table here. Um, (laughs) Yep, yep. Inside joke. In the uh, Bellhaven Black Scottish Stout, what can you tell me about this one? I'm, I'm looking at the can right now, and mm-hmm. uh, it looks pretty uh, Celtically cool. <laughs> yeah, it's from the it's from the Bellhaven Brewery um, out of Scotland. Uh, right. And according to their website, uh, Bellhaven means uh, beautiful harbor, and they were established in 1719. Uh, they make a, a lot of different um, delicious beers. I mean, if you go to the stores that carry uh, good um, British beer, you'll 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 find at least something that they produce. Uh, this one, it, their Bellhaven Black, is the stout that is kind of their um, their signature stout. Okay. And it and the only bottles I've seen uh, in the U.S. is this nitro version. Um, I haven't seen the black stout by itself, uh, which would be really neat to try it, the, the regular stout. Um, this one, however, uh, if you read the can, all of the advice I gave you on opening the Boddington's yeah. goes out the window with this. Uh, the, in this <laughs> so, case, with this. Thanks, InBev. <laughs> made, me so, look, made the Nitro Noob look like an idiot doing it wrong now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was that was Imbev's fault. That wasn't my fault. No, I'm, uh, I'm not blaming you at all. <laughs> they're actually saying so. Um, the Bellhaven uses the same technology uh, that Brackenridge uses, where oh, okay. they have so they're they have a, a little piece affixed to the bottom of the can as opposed to a floating ball. Um, my understanding is that the technology is the same. They shoot a little bit of liquid nitrogen into that. They fill it with beer, and then the beer forces itself in. 
to that during the process. And then when you open it, it gets released. They, however, say to open the can carefully <laughs> as, as opposed <laughs> to cracking it really hard. So well, well, I wonder what's the worst that could happen. <laughs> what, what is the worst that could happen? So, uh, but I, being a nitro, I still advocate uh, putting a little water in the glass, swirling it around first. If you happen to be near a faucet, you know, just put some water in it, splash it around, dump yeah. it out. Doing just like now. they would with the star washers at the bar. So I got a little bit of water here. I'm going to do that to my glass. Yeah, that's, I got, I'm on it. So, yeah, right. so reading the instructions on the label here, this is exactly <laughs> what it says. Part one, chill for three hours. Part two, carefully open can. So that's that varies from from the uh, uh, what the hell were we drinking before? Boddingtons. Boddingtons, yeah. yes. So yeah, that varies from the Boddingtons. Three, wait for the head to rise. Four, pour into a glass. Five, relax, savor, and enjoy. There All right. You go. So that's a five-piece instruction. It looks very simple <laughs> on here. Um, which which when you think about it, you're opening a beer and pouring it into a glass. There should be. Two instructions, but no, all right. Yeah, well, they want you to chill it first, and then they want you to carefully open it and wait for the head to rise. So yeah. it's it's just like, I suppose it's like two steps more than you really need here. Yeah, probably. But, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. All right, so I'm going to, shall we go ahead and open? Well, yeah, I was just uh, going around the can. It's a very oh, yeah, attractive yeah, 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 can. Yeah. Like, uh says brewed at Bellhaven Brewery, mm-hmm. Draft, Dunbar, Scotland. It's a really cool-looking can. It's black with a uh, giant nitro on <laughs> top of the uh, label here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, 4.2 ABV, and this is a 14.9 fluid ounce can. Is that – so it looks like a standard 16-ounce can, but is it because they have the little nitro ball in there that takes up the other ounce? Uh, maybe. Okay. I, it, it might be. I don't think, you know, from, I haven't ripped one of these cans open. Uh, I have ripped, um, you know, Breckenridge's can. And at, at the bottom, it doesn't look like it would take up a full ounce, but I don't know. Maybe it does. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just out of curiosity, cause it looks like a standard pint kind of a can, but yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Other yeah. than that, it's just like government warnings and, uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, many food and beverage cans. Well, this one's got a different warning. Many food and beverage cans have linings containing uh, BPA, a chemical known in the state of California. Oh, it's a state of California thing. To cause harm to the female reproductive system. Well, you and I don't have this issue. Uh, no, jar- we don't have this particular. Not this particular issue. <laughs> no. Um, jar lids and bottle caps may also contain BPA. You can be exposed to BPA when you consume foods or beverages packaged in these containers. Well, for more information, go to www.p65warnings.ca.gov forward slash BPA. All right. That's mm-hmm. for the good people of California, but uh, apparently they import this all over the states. So, yeah, a bunch of government warnings, way more than there are instructions to open the can or any description of what's inside. Their description of their standard stuff, because they don't actually have the nitro on their website. Um is that it's um, fresh roasted aroma, taste and hint of coffee, okay. uh, roasted barley that's used in it. There should be some chocolate notes, some dark complexity. Um, so, yeah, so they're going to say it's going to – they say pale chocolate crystal and roasted uh, barley. So those are the those are the weed additives they use. And then they use the Challenger uh, hops okay. out of the thing. So it's, you know, it's not, it's not going to be very hoppy. 
So cool. Well, it sounds pretty good. Should we uh, tear into this thing? Yep. All okay. Right, so carefully open it. Carefully. In three, right. two, one. Oh. Oh, head's rising. Yeah, I have just a little bit. Yeah, mine didn't quite clear the uh, mouth of the can. No, mine just kind of bubbled up, said hello. And that's yep. where it stopped. All right, I'm going to pour it before I smell it. Yep, pouring. Yeah. And look at the these tend to, I do like to pour it aggressively. Oh, it's And then so pe- stop before I'm done with a can and let it rest, just like you'd pour a Guinness. All right, so mine has calmed down, and I have no more bubbles rising. Gotcha, mojo rising. <laughs> How's yours working? Man, that is a marshmallowy froth on top of this thing. Isn't that cool? Oh. It's it. It's just like you could almost... It looks like you could rest a quarter on it. I don't recommend that, but it looks you, like you could. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I bet a guitar pick floats right on top, though. So along with that nice pillowy head, it you have a dark, dark beer. I mean, this is as black as I think you can get a beer in a glass. I get a little bit of redness if I look down. If I hold it up to a light and I look down near the bottom of the glass where I'm not looking through it so much as through the bottom, then I can see a little bit of brownish chocolatey kind of color. But otherwise, I'm just getting just absolutely opaque. Yeah, and I'm with you. If you hold it up to a bright light, you can see through it. Well, you can't see through it. You can see the light on the other side, but it is uh, dimmed significantly. Yeah, I don't have a light bright enough. That's sad. But Yeah, and when you look through it, it looks like a really dim red LED. All right, so I'm going to stick a nose in it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, and immediately I get the, uh, I get yeast right away and I get a little smokiness, which I don't remember actually tasting from this, but boy, I sure smell it. I'm still getting, uh, I'm just getting I, what I think is just the smell of the, the head on this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder how it's going to taste with that, you know, that, that we haven't said it this episode. That retro nasal olfaction. Oh, you, there it is. There it is. So I think we might actually get a little more of the uh, the good beer aroma going that way. I think retro nasal olfaction needs its own soundbite. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be a thing. So does it need to be like retro nasal olfaction? Or does it need to be retro nasal olfaction? Could be either. If you're going for the uh, scholarly wise uh, uh, professor, the, I think the, the oh, latter okay. would do. But if you're going yeah. for you know nerdy scientist, I think the former does better. <laughs> the former, yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's, well, we, oh, what if we go? Old uh. <laughs> <laughs> we, you, know, you can go British and retro nasal olfaction. Yeah, you could. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Or you could go Brooklyn. Retro <laughs> nasal, go fuck yourself. <laughs> eh? 
Okay, that, that we have a winner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what these <laughs> talking about. You know, <laughs> retro nasal. <laughs> you. Oh God! All right, so <laughs> can't see through it. No, certainly you're not, no. and you're not getting much of an odor out of it, huh? I, yeah, I'm having a hard time kind of cutting through to the beer with the uh, smell. So I think I'm going to need the retro nasal olfaction to uh, <laughs> to really pick up on some things with this one, I think. It certainly looks inviting. And I keep trying to roll it around in the glass. And I can get a little bit of that roasted barley. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I still got a solid half inch ahead on this thing. And it is thick. Yeah. It, I, it doesn't give much through that. No, and I, I'm having a hard time getting it to give up through there. That's what I think my issue is anyway. Now, you could do the faux pas and smell the can. I could. I will. No, not helping me. I'm going to have to drink it first. Um, I got to ask, did you smell from the hole or from the side? <laughs> All right. Shall we give it a taste? Absolutely. All right. It's staring at me. Here we go. Oh. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Does not. Now I'm getting that yeastiness you were talking about on the nose. Mm-hmm. And the and the the roasted barley is not as significant as looking at it would imply. It it tastes lighter than it looks, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I get it. Yeah. So oh no, go ahead. No, I was gonna drink. Go ahead. <laughs> go for oh, it. <laughs> so I I've had quite a few of these. These are this is one of my go-tos um and with all deference to uh guinness in a can which is an amazing an amazing thing this is my favorite nitro um it ju- it just really works to me it's there's a smoothness to it that i really enjoy and there's that little bit of dry hoppiness that's in there yep sitting in the back end and it marries really well with that smoky kind of thing I don't get a lot of chocolate out of it. No. I can I can convince myself that there's chocolate in there, but if I'm really hunting for it, I don't get it. Um, so I'm not really sure, you know, how well that plays. And it may be that that description is adequate for the non-nitro and that the nitro version just doesn't carry that over. Yeah, I, I mean, the chocolate's there, as I like to say, in theory. Um, but I'm picking it up as that kind of hoppy note on the back end where it's like that little bit of bitter chocolate way on the back. Oh, I see. So like that, that bitter hops is coming back to you as like a bitter chocolate. Yeah, but it's super faint, right? And it's, uh, it's just enough to kind of clean it up at the end and it leaves your mouth feeling dry. Kind of like after you eat like a 90% cocoa chocolate bar. Yeah, I get that. I get that. At least that's how I'm putting it together. And maybe I'm a little off there, but 
It uh, that's how it seems to me. Well, to to be clear, however you're getting it is correct. You know, that's the whole thing about beer. Everybody's going to get their own thing, right? And I think as I go through it, you can notice that a little bit more. A little bit more of that roastiness is coming into play, whereas the lighter mm-hmm. malts are starting to fade. But really, on the first sip or two, you kind of it it comes across a lot lighter than what it looks, and I think that's a little bit surprising. Uh, but as you go through it starts to kind of stack up on itself. So you're starting to get more of the darker notes to it now. Pretty cool. Yeah, and the the front end on this, I think, is just so smooth. And part of it's the nitrogen, and I think part of it is just it's a really smooth stout. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm really really getting that little bit of yeastiness all the way through it, which I don't mind at all. I think it's a Mm -hmm. nice little addition to what's going on. Yeah, these don't yeah, a four pack you know you, they sell in four pack they're not very expensive and they vanish quickly at my house. Yeah, I could see why. I mean, if you're into Guinness, you totally should try this. It's another I wouldn't say horse of the same color. I think it's a little bit different animal. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it, it being a low alcohol kind of a beer, this would be great for a post lunch. Kind of like we were talking with the Boddingtons, you know, like good afternoon, kick back one or two and can still move along with your day. The one thing that you ha- that we haven't really said is you do not want to drink a nitro out of the can. <laughs> it just, it won't, you won't get any of the, not only do you not get any of the nose, which is a really good reason to put something into a, into a glass, but you also um, will just be confining all of the, uh, that creaminess and you'll get just a foamy kind of n- no fun experience. Yeah. I, they really do need to be poured. And I would say that of any beer, but that's sort of personal preference, but also like I enjoy beers less if I have to drink them out of a bottle. Yeah. Because you We're want the full experience. You want to look at it. You want to see what the head does. You want to see how the beer reacts as it as you drink through it and what lacing is on the glass or what viscosity, you know, what uh, marks are left on the side of the glass. Like, I want to experience all of that. So when you get that, and the other thing is, like, when they go and get bottled, I don't know if you've ever noticed on some bottles, they tend to collect little bits of beer and sugar and things up at the top. So when you pop the top off of them, of oh. a, like a bottle, uh-huh. sometimes there's stuff there. And if you don't wipe that down really good, you get a taste of, like, that uh, the cap or whatever on top of the bottle to start oh, with. Oh, yeah. So you almost have to get through the neck of the bottle to get rid of it. But there's a lot of reasons I think you should drink beer out of a glass. I'm not saying you always have to. If you like beer out of a bottle, drink it Drink it your way. I'm not telling anyone <laughs> how they should enjoy their beverage of choice. I'm just saying that I like to experience it in a glass no matter what it is because I want the full experience. And yeah. I'm just kind of piggybacking on what you're saying the nitros, though, are a totally different animal, and you really do need to pour those out in order to carbonate them properly and uh, and and make sure that you're getting the full experience of the beer. Because, like you said, if you're going to drink it right out of the can, it's not going to be very good. No, no. All right, John. Well, that was Bellhaven Black Scottish Stout. <laughs> Nitro, nitro, nitro. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Nitro Hydra. We've got a piper down. <laughs> Are we going back to Mike Myers? Oh, wait, that was something different. That wasn't yeah. this episode. Hid Move. Nitro. Nitro. Yeah. What? What'd you think, Mark? Um. Good. I mean. This isn't a big, bold beer that's going to grab your attention, right? And with the smoothness of the nitro, it's just it seems like a very easy sipper on an early afternoon on a Saturday when you still got things to do in the day. Um, I liked it. It has those little yeasty notes, maybe a really faint chocolate, like bitter chocolate, and those roasted malt notes. Um, but nothing crazy big and bold, just a good, solid, smooth sipper. Yeah, and that's and that's one of the things that I love about this beer is that it's just something that you can grab. It's very accessible. It's very it, you can have an enjoyable time while you're doing something else, and you you kind of get that dual experience without you know having something that's so forward in flavor that you're paying attention to it, and something that has so little you know doesn't have so little flavor that you don't care. This is just one of those nice smooth kind of beers, and I think smooth is the operative word with a lot of these nitros, right. So. Being a nitro noob, I'm just going to say right. I'm going to defer. <laughs> but right. yeah, that's what I'm noticing too. Is that uh, the carbonation obviously makes a difference, right? When you're talking mm -hmm. about uh, naturally carbonated or CO2 in the line, it's much bigger bubbles, and you notice it on your palate more. Whereas the nitro is much finer, and it lends itself to being a little more velvety on the tongue. So. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Well, that's it for Bellhaven Black. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thanks for teaching me about nitros. This has been fun. All right. Cheers. That's going to be Driftless Drinks Studio Recording, courtesy of HPJ Studios in Tomo, Wisconsin. Be sure to subscribe and rate us through iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can visit us at www.driftlessdrinks.com, where you can comment on each episode, or say hi on Facebook and let us know your favorite brews. If you'd like to drink along with us, find us on Instagram at Driftless Drinks, where we feature each episode's brews a week or so ahead of time. Well, that's it for the Nitro episode, Mark. I really appreciate you coming along, trying a couple of my favorites, and getting a taste of what these Nitro beers are all about. Yeah, thanks for teaching this Nitro noob a few tricks about uh, what's in the can and, and how to deal with it. I do appreciate it. These are some definitely uh, interesting, smooth, and solid beers. So if you've got some nitros that you like that we haven't touched on and talked about, hit us up on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. That's it for this episode. My name is Mark. My name is John. Keep a cold one handy for us. Woo!
you know what? Ball. We could do that. We could actually tape an episode <laughs> in a canoe. Oh, no. That would be hilarious. <laughs> From a sandbar somewhere on the Kickapoo River. No, we could float. <laughs> Go float. Do it. <laughs>